Hi there, I'm James Dapache, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Team, today what we are talking about is if you want to sue a liquidator, you've got to come through us. You need the court's approval. Right, what's our factual background? Let's flash back two decades. Right? We've got a pair of trademarks. And the trademarks are owned, held, registered in the name of a couple of companies. Easy. What happens is, it turns out, these companies abandon the trademarks. Essentially, they stop using them, and in the trademark sense, the marks have been abandoned. And then again, in the trademark sense, common law rights to use those marks arise in favour of other parties. Right. So let's just linger on that, make sure we're grounded. Two companies, they've got the rights to use these marks because they register those rights, but they abandon those rights because they stop using them, and then common law rights come to reside in other parties. It's trademark law, it's fiddly. We'll talk about it another time, and it'll be good fun. Things progress. The two companies are placed into liquidation, and so the liquidators of those two companies then have to go through the winding up process. They've got to call in all the assets, they've got to pay out all the creditors, and they've got to hand out whatever's left to the shareholders. And so as part of this process, the liquidators of each of these two companies enter into an agreement with a third party. And interestingly, it's the third party that's provided the liquidators with all the information that forms the backing of this agreement. And in essence, the agreement is these two companies that are in liquidation are going to assign all their rights in these trademarks off to the third party, right? The third party's then going to become the owner of these trademarks. Easy, or so it would seem. The liquidators in their liquidation are stymied a little bit because they're asking all the questions of these directors of the companies they're liquidating, right? So they're liquidating these two companies and they're pinging off questions to the former directors of the company saying, what about issue A, what about B, what about C? And they're not getting a lot of help. And what's interesting and relevant for us is that directors of a company that is in liquidation are obliged to assist those liquidators. So these directors are failing in their obligations to assist and the liquidators, their hands are tied to an extent because they're asking for this information and it's not forthcoming and it's making the liquidation tough. But let's go back to that transaction. Remember, we've got these two companies via the liquidators who are agreeing to assign the trademarks off to a third party and it's the third party who's providing the information. That makes sense? The third party saying, hey liquidators, don't worry, these two companies own the trademark. Okay, so that assignment's happened. That's off in the past, it's over, it's done. Time passes, right? And what happens is that companies that are, <laughs> interestingly enough, directed by the same directors as these two liquidated companies, seek leave to sue the liquidators. Now why? The basis is they say the liquidators purported to assign these trademarks, remember the deal where they assigned the trademarks off to the third party? When the directors say that these companies didn't own them. How could they make that argument? These are fiddly facts today and you're doing well to stay in touch with them. Remember that these trademarks were registered in the name of these two companies. 
but they had become abandoned over time, meaning that another entity had the common law rights in respect of the trademarks. And so we come back to these proceedings, what these plaintiffs say is, we suffered a loss because the liquidators didn't have the power to assign these trademarks because these companies they were liquidating didn't even own the trademarks in the first place. And we've had all this hassle, all this litigation in the US, litigation in Canada. We've had to go back and forth and it's been a complete mess. And the mess is set out in the judgment. I'm doing my best to summarize it for you. And they say, because of this faulty transaction, in essence, because of the liquidators purporting to assign these trademarks that the companies didn't own, well, we've suffered all this loss. Now, if you want to sue a liquidator, you've got to go through the court. The court protects liquidators because the court wants to protect both the liquidators as officers of the court, but also the process of winding up. It wants to make sure that wind-ups are able to happen and that liquidators aren't looking over their shoulders all the time, worried about someone who's going to come and pursue them. So the application we're talking about today is some more companies with the same directors as those liquidated companies seeking the court's leave to sue the liquidators. They say, we want to sue the liquidators, let us. What would those proceedings be? Right, they'd be on two bases. One basis is negligence. One basis is saying, hey court, um, the liquidators were negligent in engaging in this transaction and we've suffered a loss. Right? The liquidators owed us a duty not to goof up this transaction, not to assign trademarks the companies didn't own. They goofed it up, we suffered a loss, and therefore we should get damages in respect of that negligence. The second argument is interesting. It is the liquidators engaged in misleading and deceptive conduct by engaging in this transaction, right? We'll get into the fiddly legal aspects of that. On the negligence point, the court said, no, it looks like the negligence claim is not gonna be there, so I'm not gonna give you leave to sue the liquidators in negligence. And that is because the companies were not vulnerable in the negligence sense. Remember the companies had the same directors? The two plaintiffs today had the same directors as the two liquidated companies in the past? What the court said was, your directors had the power to come and correct the trademark position but your directors didn't help the liquidators. They could have helped and they didn't. And that was found to be a really operative point. And so the negligence claim fails because the plaintiffs were not vulnerable in the relevant way. Now, do you remember the other issue was the misleading and deceptive conduct? They said, we want to sue in negligence. We want to sue misleading and deceptive conduct, right? The misleading and deceptive conduct point, firstly, you have to say, right, the conduct happened in trade and commerce. They failed on that point because what the liquidators were engaged in was not trade or commerce, commerce. The liquidators were engaged in the process of winding up a company. They're not out there trading, selling things in a commercial way. They're there executing the duties that the court gives them to wind up a company. So the liquidators were not themselves engaged in trade and commerce. So the misleading and deceptive claim failed on that point. But it also failed, interestingly, because you've got to prove reliance to get up in misleading and deceptive conduct. You have to say, hey, I relied on that conduct and I suffered a loss. And our plaintiffs today failed on that point. As you can imagine, they're not actually parties to this transaction. They're not around, they're not relevant to the transaction. So they're trying to rely on the reliance of this third party. They're saying, we're not relying on our own reliance. We're relying on the reliance that this third party placed 
in the liquidator's representations and going into this deal. This third party relied on the liquidators saying, yes, the companies own the trademark. And what the court said was, well, firstly, uh, you can't rely on someone else's reliance in these circumstances. And secondly, you were aware that the trademarks were not owned by these companies, that the common law rights were with some other entity. And so the reliance point fell down. And so for those reasons, the very poor prospects of the negligence claim and the very poor prospects of the misleading and deceptive conduct claim, the court did not grant leave for the plaintiffs to sue the liquidators. And in failing to grant leave, the court also noted the lack of assistance the directors of the plaintiffs offered the liquidators uh, and found that it would not be appropriate to grant leave to sue the liquidators in these circumstances. I hope that note, long as it was, complex as it might have been, assisted you. And I look forward to joining you again soon for another coffee and another case note. Cheers.